Hello and welcome to That's My Truth podcast. This podcast features interviews and discussions about everything from career and wellness to friendship and social issues and beyond. I'm your host, Juliana, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in today. Hello and welcome to the That's My Truth podcast. If this is your first time joining, welcome. We are very happy to have you. And if you are a returning listener, happy to have you back. For today's episode, I am interviewing my boyfriend, Ryan. So it's been something that since I started the podcast, I've been wanting to have him on. So it's very exciting. And so to start us off, Ryan, why don't I have you introduce yourself? Uh, hi, that's my truth podcast. My name's Ryan. Um, I'm 26, uh, getting up there in the years. Uh, I live in Arlington, Virginia with my girlfriend, Juliana, and my dog, Smuckers. Um, I like to go for long runs and read books and just, um, yeah, just try and live life to the fullest. So uh, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Thanks, Juliana. Wow. Thanks, Ryan, for that introduction. All right. Well, thanks, Ryan, for joining. I'm very glad to have you on the podcast, especially since you've heard glad to be here. some of them. <laughs> you've heard me recording and all of the things. So to start us off, can you tell the story of how we met and then the story of our how we first went out? Or Yes. So um, Juliana and I first met at a book exchange called the Arlington Book Exchange. Um, I think the name comes from the county that we live in. Confirmed. Um, so a book exchange <laughs> is different from a book club in that you don't all read the same book. You bring a book that you've read in the past and you want to recommend to the group. And then at the end, everyone swaps books and you read another person's book and bring it back in a month or something like that. Anyway, I think it was January of... 2019, or maybe, maybe it was No, I think March. it was April. It's April of 2019. Uh, Juliana and I sort of met at the book exchange. At the end of it, I asked her what her Goodreads was. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Goodreads is just an app where you can log what you're reading, um, interact with fellow readers, find other books to read. And I asked her what her Goodreads username was. And she said it was Juliana. And I asked her for her last name because obviously I wanted to find her on Goodreads. Um, but nothing really came of it until like eight months, no, five months later in August. I uh, We had actually ended up adding each other on Goodreads. She added me actually. Did I? Um, so don't let her tell you otherwise. But uh, I messaged her on Goodreads because they didn't have her number. And I said... Um, I don't know what you're doing this weekend, but would you like to hang out? And she said, oh, my brother's in town this weekend, but I'd be happy to do something during the week. So we uh, we went to a dinner. It was a Wednesday. It's August 14th. We went to a place called Haleo. TMI. They are, they, what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, they served it was a Wednesday, 60 degrees. Spanish cuisine, I think. Yeah. Uh, she didn't eat. A lot of her food because she doesn't like mushrooms and she was telling me about how her house flooded and uh yeah that was our first date and um we went on another date after that it was a sunday we went to the art museum okay 
Are you going to tell us the story of my upper lip? I'm being told to wrap it up again. So, yeah. Goodbye. (laughs) No, that was great. Um, Thanks, Ryan. I didn't know if you were going to tell the story of my sweaty upper lip. Basically, I went to the wrong museum because I went to the portrait. Or I did. Whatever. You were at the portrait gallery, but you called it the art museum, and no one calls it that. So, Ryan, thank you for telling that story. Um, beautiful, Beautifully told. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so, to start off this first set of questions, I have questions on views and, like, your political views and also causes that you care about. So, first question, you have very progressive political views and my question is, have you always been so progressive? Um, I've always been definitely left-leaning. I think I was probably more idealistic in the past, mostly because I just didn't know a lot about the world. Like, I was excited about Obama in 2008 because who wasn't? You know, his first black president, you know, he was supposed to lead the country in a different direction. After eight years of Bush, we were supposed to get out of the Middle East and he was supposed to help people hurt by the financial crisis. And, you know, we all obviously know what happened with that. But anyway, um, yeah, I, like I said, I've always been left-leaning. I think I've just, my views have become more concrete and I'm not, I guess I'm a little more cynical maybe too cynical at times, but I don't know. I just kind of like to be realistic about the world. And I know that you can't just get excited about every democratic candidate because, you know, being a Democrat doesn't really mean much anymore. I mean, you look at the, you know, the makeup of Congress, like a lot of the Democrats could, I mean, they could call themselves Republicans and, you know, the difference wouldn't be all that much, but uh, yeah, like I said, I've always been left-leaning. I just, I don't know, I guess I've become more left as I've grown up and learned more things. Um, Yeah. When did you become more progressive? Was it like through college or after college? I'm just curious about the timeline. So, yeah, I think I can actually pinpoint exactly when it happened. It was like like January of 2017. I was close to graduating. And, you know, as funny as this sounds – I started to go on Twitter a lot, uh, started to like follow a lot of leftist Twitter accounts and just kind of learn about leftist thought and ways of looking at the world and things like that. Like started learning about socialism and things like that, which I used to think was kind of like a scary word. Um, and I mean, I, I, I can't really call myself a socialist cause I still don't know everything about it, but, um, yeah. I, I was around that time that I really started to to swing more to the left and become more, not not so much a liberal or a Democrat, but more like a an actual leftist, which, you know, again, I, I don't think those terms are solidly defined in my mind or, you know, in the real world, like they can mean one thing from one person to another person, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's interesting. Is that when you got a Twitter? Yeah, I had had one in high school, but I mostly used it to tweet about basketball. Um, I think that was about it. I would just live tweet Celtics games and things like that. But uh, I deleted it, um, I guess, when I started work full time. And then I, no, that's not true. School? College? Maybe it was school. I don't know. Either way, I created a new one. 
and just started getting into, like I said, those leftist Twitter accounts, things like that. I know that, like, it sounds like Twitter kind of started you off on that path, but how have you become more knowledgeable about causes and policies? Like, what steps have you taken to learn more about the issues that you care about? Or even, yeah, learn about the issues to know to care about them and then learn about the issues to be able to explain them. So um, I read a lot of nonfiction books, which I, I guess that's where I learn more about causes and more, you know, you read one book and that branches off into 10 new books that you then go and read and learn more about. From like citations? Yeah, citations and then just like in-text mentions of the books. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't read a lot of articles and things like that. I find that for whatever reason, they don't capture my attention as much. Uh, it has to be a book. So I, I've done a lot of my learning through that. You know, book recommendations from friends, from, you know, Twitter. And then, you know, as you mentioned, like cited in other books that I've read. So, yeah, I do a lot of my learning through reading. Definitely a big reader. What causes do you care about the most, especially right now during the pandemic? Like, are there certain things you're especially passionate about? I guess, I mean, during the pandemic, at least, you know, I think everyone should be getting some sort of income, at least people that have been put out of a job because of the pandemic. You know, not to get on my soapbox, but it's like insane that we haven't passed another yeah. bill, a stimulus bill. Um, but in general, I guess, I mean, I, I don't want to list everything, but, you know, again, like paying people a living wage, affordable housing. I mean, I don't, not, not just affordable housing, but like for people that are like completely like homeless, like just free housing. I mean, the buildings are out there. There are like thousands of empty buildings that aren't being put to use that we can put people in and we don't. But um, obviously like green energy, you know, to prevent further climate change, you know, transportation, you know, mass transit, things like that, like revitalizing our mass transit, like building high speed rail, things like that. Um yeah, I mean, those. I guess those are the big ones. I mean, I'm really, I guess I'm just really big on caring for like working class and, you know, the, the very, I mean, the, the poor and then like just the people that are like the backbone of society that do the jobs that we require every day that like mm -hmm. bag our groceries and like, that you know, deliver our food to grocery stores or to our front doors even, you know, the people that we don't necessarily think about, but without which, you know, society would collapse. So who inspires you when you think about other people living out their values and advocating for causes they believe in? Um, I guess a big one would probably be uh, Bernie Sanders because, you know, in his, I don't know how many years in Congress, he's never been compromised by money or special interests or things like that. And like, I mean, you know, people don't, I don't like him in Congress. Like, you know, the Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton types that, you know, just think he's loud and aggressive. But I mean, yeah, he's loud and aggressive. He's mad because, you know, people aren't being taken care of in this country. And I just really admire and respect that. And then, you know, like the up and coming people like uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, uh, they're an inspiration too. And it just, they give me hope that, you know, if they can win, like maybe we can have more people like them win and I don't know, maybe turn Congress in a different direction. And then um, 
non-politician speaking, um, I've always my I've always been really inspired by my parents. You know, they work like very respectable jobs. My mom's a teacher, and you know, teachers obviously are having it rough right now. Uh, yeah, she, I just I really respect her. And then obviously my dad, you know, a firefighter. It's a very admirable job. Um, yeah, they've just always and they've always supported me. Obviously, and yeah, obviously I think my parents are great people. I agree. Your parents are great people. (laughs) So what is, and this is a very general question, so open to interpretation, however you see fit, but what is a change that you would like to see in the world of politics and advocacy? I guess in politics, I would want to make it more accessible for people that don't have backings of big donors, big corporations, things like that. And I know it is possible. Like, again, with AOC, she was able to mobilize all of those people to contribute to her congressional campaign. As for advocacy, I guess I would go back to what I said earlier that, you know, just because it's a Democratic candidate doesn't mean they're actually supporting traditional Democratic values like Democratic Party. Um, You know, just because they're under the DNC banner, you know, that doesn't mean they're going to fight for you once they're in Congress. Uh, you know, I mean, we see it a lot of times. They just they cave to special interests. You know, they appoint their friends or friends of their donors. You know, return political favors, things like that. So, yeah, I guess I want advocacy to be about the issues and not about the person or the party. That's a good answer. All right. So the next question is about like things that you do on an everyday basis to live out your beliefs and contribute to causes you believe in like everyday type of things that you do sure so um my uh my job because i work for the federal government i'm prohibited in a sense from doing a lot of activist work i guess the the biggest thing i do is i'm big on like donations things like that like just money in people's pockets like make such a big difference so i'm always giving like to the local food bank in my community. Um, if I see someone on the street, you know, if, if I have money in my pocket or if I can buy them some food, you know, just so they don't go hungry for another meal. Like, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing I do. And one of the biggest things I can do, you know, with the restrictions that are in place because of my job. Yeah, definitely. I will say that you have been an inspiration for me. Like whenever I go to certain parts where I know there's higher rates of poverty or I always make sure to like bring money. Well, thanks for sharing. I know it's something you're very passionate about and it's a big part of who you are. So that's all I have for your views and politics. So the next section of questions is about reading. And so you are quite the reader. Have you always loved reading? So I guess I've always loved reading. I haven't always read Um, like growing up, I was really big into Harry Potter. Um, like in, I think it was kindergarten is when I first started reading the Harry Potter books and I'd finished up to the fourth or fifth one by the time I was in second grade. Um, and I, you know, I kept reading all through middle school and high school into freshman and sophomore year. And then for whatever reason, it fell off. And then college I did almost no pleasure reading mostly because there wasn't time for it but like even during the summer I wasn't really reading 
Um, but then once I finally graduated college is when I definitely started to read again. Um, I got a, you know, Goodreads, as I mentioned before, and I was able to start setting reading goals. And that's when my reading definitely picked up again. And ever since then, you know, I've, wherever, whenever you see me, I've got a book in my hand for the most part. This is true. Yeah. Big, big little free library guy. Yes. Um, okay. So what is your favorite type of book to read? So the genre wise, I'm a big nonfiction guy. Um, doesn't mean I don't like fiction. I, I, there are fiction books that I really do enjoy, but nonfiction is my big thing. Um, I really like history, like Cold War history type books, like spies and espionage. And then what else? Just like, like the history of like, kind of like revolutions, almost like political strife, things like that, or like, like civil rights. Um, like the book I read a little while ago was called the FBI and Martin Luther King Jr. It was just about kind of that era of, you know, surveilling civil rights activists and, you know, surveilling Dr. King himself, you know, the letter that the Bureau wrote to him, you know, encouraging him to kill himself. I'm being told to say the FBI instead of the Bureau. Okay. So what is your favorite type of book to read? So I really like nonfiction books. Um, I like fiction too. You know, I've got nothing against fiction. I've read a lot of fiction, but uh, nonfiction is definitely my, it's my favorite genre. I like reading a lot of history, especially like the Cold War. Uh, I like reading kind of history about the, I guess the underdog, the little guy. Um, like I read a book, it was called, it's by Howard Zinn. For those of you that are familiar with people's history of the United States, it was called Declarations of Independence, just kind of like, kind of in the theme of that book, People's History, just kind of re-examining this sort of assumptions we have about America, like, you know, World War II was an example they gave. It was supposed to be like our righteous war. And, you know, obviously in a lot of ways it was, um, but just kind of, we think of it as like, again, like a good war, but then you look at like the bombing of like Dresden, Germany, we completely leveled the city, like we killed like thousands, tens of thousands of people. And then like, obviously the the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the firebombing of Tokyo, just like thousands of people just wiped out in this supposedly, you know, just good war. Um, but I'm getting off track here. Just uh, trying to give kind of an example of the kind of books I like to read, just ones that, again, re-examine those assumptions that we have from a, a left-wing sort of ideological point of view. That's very wordy, but yeah. Well, I think it's interesting because it's like the stories we haven't been told. It's just uncovering like the true stories and getting through that the way things have been framed for so long. All right, so next question is, what does reading bring to your life? Um, knowledge, obviously. Um, more books to read. Like I said earlier, you know, I can read one book and then add five more books to my to-read list that are mentioned or cited in it. Um, it's a fun, you know, relaxing activity to do at the end of the day. Uh, I can get lost in a book and, you know, not worry about the hundred other things that I have to do around the house. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a good way to unwind coming home from work, you know, just sit on the couch with my dog in my lap and my book. And it's just very relaxing. Smuck loves to sit in your lap while you read. 
Um, Smucker's latest thing has been licking the book that Ryan's reading. It's like an older book. Um, Smucker's is our dog who is quite precious. Okay. So next question is what is your favorite bookshop or bookstore? So not to hate on DC at all because DC has some amazing bookstores, but um, this bookstore I've been going to ever since I was in elementary, maybe middle school. It's called Richard McKay's Used Books. It's in Manassas, Virginia. It's basically a warehouse almost. Um, it's not. It's not the most attractive looking, you know, site. It's in like a, a shopping center type place. Um, you know, it's like a very ugly gray carpeting. And I, you know, I don't mean any disrespect to it because I love it. It's got an incredible selection of books, like new and old. And they're all like very fairly priced, you know, unless it's like a brand new book that just came out, then it'll be, you know, your usual 15, 20 bucks. But like you can get newish books in very good condition for like, and I don't understand their pricing system at all because you can find one copy for five bucks um, that's like a kind of a beat up paperback and then a hardback with the dust jacket that's like 99 cents. And, you know, you don't understand it, but you don't question it either. Um, you just grab it before somebody else does. But yeah, I love it there. And as much as Juliana doesn't like it, I always come home with a new stack of books whenever I go there. And I have to I like it. I have to find room for them on my shelf, which means a lot of reshuffling and maybe donating books that I know I'm not going to read. But it's worth it. Do you have other favorites outside of McKay's? So I really like uh, Lost City Books in Adams Morgan. I think that's where it is. Um, I can't even remember what the layout used to be like before, what the old name was, but they've gone through a lot of changes over the last couple of years. Um, I, I hope they're not listening, but I think I might have liked the old layout better. It just felt a little cozier, I guess. Um, either way, I still really like it. Uh, Kramer Books is always a good one. Um, Obviously, Kramer books, that's a good one. Um, second story books, which, you know, those are both in DuPont Circle, so you can always check them out at the same time. Um, I'm, I'm now realizing that maybe the listeners aren't all familiar with DC, so I'm giving a lot of DC locations without any context, but uh, DuPont and Adams Morgan are both DC neighborhoods. That's District of Columbia. Um, what's another good one in DC? Um, I don't want to forget anybody either. Um, maybe going further up the eastern seaboard, there's a book barn in Niantic, Connecticut. It's three or four different bookshops all under the same management. Um, really good prices there too. I got like a stack of 10 paperbacks, 10 thrillers for like $10. It was amazing. Um, Richmond has uh, Richmond, Virginia has Chop Suey Books, which I always go to when we're there. It's in a, it's in like a city within Richmond called Carytown. It's just really fun area with a lot of neat little shops. Where else? Where else have I been? Um, going across the country, I visited Los Angeles once. Angel City Books. I only got to go in for a few minutes. Um, that was a really cool used bookstore. It was right near the uh, the coast. Um, yeah. Don't want to talk forever about bookstores, but yeah, those are some of my favorites. I know you love bookstores and little free libraries. So, so can you explain this bookshop bathroom theory that you've shared with me? 
So it's not actually my theory. Um, and I, ne I never knew it was a theory before. I just always felt the urge to have to go number two in a bookstore or a library. I'm getting a, a look from Jordana. I, I thought this was like just generally using the restroom. I didn't know it was specific to. No, it's specific. It's, <sighs> and okay. I, I just pulled it up on my phone. It's called the Mariko Aoki Phenomenon. It's a Japanese expression referring to an urge to defecate that is suddenly felt after oh entering God. bookstores. Um, and then BuzzFeed says it could be caused by the smell of paper or ink having a laxative effect, the association with reading on the toilet at home, and the posture of browsing making bowel movement easier. So um, I never thought about it this deeply. It's just a pattern I always notice. But there you go. Okay. Uh, just for the record, I thought it was like generally using the restroom. She didn't. Um, so I didn't know. <laughs> she did. What? what? I didn't know. If it was... Anyways, sorry for anyone who's eating. Um, okay. So Ryan, what is the best book that you've read so far this year? Um, so if you'll just let me pull up my Goodreads real quick because I don't remember everything I've read. I've read a lot of books this year. How many books? In fact. Yikes. So let me just scroll through some of the books I've read and let me just pick out my favorite A little one. arrogant. Uh, you asked the question, so let's see. Best book. When Ooh. you send in the list of questions beforehand. She didn't, though. She. Oh, I think this is it. It's called um, Whiteout, the CIA Drugs and the Press. Um, it's about a bunch of different things, just about kind of the narcotics connection with uh, U.S. intelligence, um, the way we write about the drug war in the U.S. media, the way it's kind of framed, um, just kind of a lot of intersecting topics. I think it might be a, um, a group of articles that were made into a book, like journal or newspaper articles, which is why it kind of bounces around all over the place. But either way, it was super informative, um, Right up your alley. Right up my alley. Very, a very acquired taste kind of read. <laughs> it's not something you can sit down and just dive into. Um, and it's not, yeah, it's, it's a very intense read. So unlike you, JK. Okay, so in addition to reading, you are interested in writing. So what kind of books do you want to write? So yeah, I, I am interested in writing. Um, when I was younger, elementary and middle school, I used to write all the time, very corny stories that I hope I never stumble onto again and have to read through. Um, but lately, I don't know what it is. I just, I can't put pen to paper and, you know, the ideas are just not flowing. But someday when they do start flowing again, I'd like to do like kind of a, a you know, a big research type book where I have to go through a lot of like old documents and things like that. Uh, you know, I got a, a Library of Congress membership card specifically for this purpose because I wanted to go through old manuscripts and letters and journals and things like that. But uh, since that would be a more time intensive project and because I don't think you can go to the Library of Congress right now, I'm hoping to maybe write a fiction book, you know, like sort of an espionage thriller, like Graham Greene type book. Um, but again, that is all dependent on when the ideas start flowing again. Because right now, yeah, it's all stopped up. You need to do some Tai Chi or something. Okay, so then 
do you have a long-term writing goal or is it kind of really based on when the ideas start flowing? Yeah, I would say it's probably based on when the ideas start flowing again. Um, but I guess my long-term writing goal would again be that that research project type book. Cool. I'm excited to read it. Let me know if you need any help. <laughs> um, okay. So now we're kind of over your hobbies and we're getting into a sillier section. So you're an excellent gift giver. Like last year for Christmas, you gave me a Dyson. Um, and so this episode is going to be coming out the third week of December. What advice do you have for last minute Christmas shoppers? Um, I think like um, social media is always a good place to find like little gift ideas for people. Like they don't even necessarily, they don't have to retweet or share an actual gift idea, but just like you can look for little hints of their interests and tweets and Instagram stories and things like that. Like Juliana, my girlfriend, she, just this girl I'm dating, she loves like local shops in DC and things like that, like small businesses. So like for her, I could always, I mean, I've already gotten all her gifts, but if I hadn't, I could always check out her Instagram story for something she had posted recently or shared. Um, and yeah, just, you know, go to one of those stores, look for ideas there. Um, but say your significant other isn't big on social media, you just have to listen, I guess. Like I, um, Uh-oh. I definitely pay attention to, you know, the things Juliana says and says she likes, and I can get a lot of gift ideas from that. And again, she doesn't have to like specifically mention a gift. You know, she talks about coffee all the time. So I know that I can always get her coffee themed gifts. Yeah. So listening is a big one. And then just, yeah, checking out that social media can be a wealth of information. Wow. I didn't know you had all this, all this thought put into it. Um, okay, so let's talk about recommended gifts for men. Um, you know, there's been a lot of disappointments with gift guides. How can the world do better? We, we're seeing a lot of leather-bound notebooks and watches on these male gift guides. And just wanted to get your hot take and see if you have any better recommendations. Yeah, uh, those man boxes are so stupid that come with like a hatchet and epic beard cream and you know bricks of soap because i don't know any guys that would actually use that stuff or like that stuff i mean i don't and i use i i like to think of myself as a man but um <laughs> a guy's guy yeah a guy's guy <laughs> um how can the world do better with man gifts mm-hmm. um like what advice do you have for men is in general? No, to give a man a gift. To give a man a gift? Uh, I guess you know, just the same way that I have to listen to Juliana. And I don't mean have to listen and that is a chore. But, you know, you have to listen to your significant other if he is a male as well. Because um, as dumb as we men supposedly are and as bad as we are at expressing ourselves, you know, we can drop hints too and talk about the things we like and, you know. Yeah, listening, I guess that's a big one. Like the books and the historical interests? Yeah, but, you know, for me, anyway, I don't, If I guess if your male significant other doesn't like books, um, yeah, again, <laughs> I, I'm supposed to be making this question fun, and I don't think I am. <laughs> um, yeah, listen to your men, ladies. 
what if what well the question was more like yeah well yes your significant other but like what about your perhaps family members who are male who you don't know what to get things for like do you have any is it just listening i guess you can look at what they have now and enjoy like my dad is really big into like shoes and jackets so you can like pay attention to the brands that they like and you know see what's new out there of course you're also taking a risk because if you're my dad, you return 75% of the gifts that you get. So you always have to look out for that. But yeah, pay attention to brands and like styles that they like or products that they use, like, I don't know, colognes, shaving creams, things like that. And it doesn't have to be like soap for men. Like it can be like, you know, you're not gay if you use Dove and things like that. And you can be gay and use Dove. There's not a problem with that disclaimer. <laughs> this is say. a this is an LGBTQ friendly podcast. <laughs> Thank you for that disclaimer. Um, so going back to this thing about men being dumb, I'm just curious. We had a fiasco with a lock a couple of weeks ago. Would you care to share? So this wasn't a question on the list. I see I'm being put on the spot here, but um, we bought. So every unit, I guess, in our apartment building comes with a little storage cage. Unit. It really is a cage. Yeah, a cage. Um, yeah. And we bought a lock for ours, a combination lock. And month? when we moved in in July, and I was very certain that I would be able to remember the combination because I, I do have a pretty decent memory. Um, I insisted that we didn't need to write it down anywhere, though I'm pretty sure I told Juliana to write it down somewhere. Not true. Anyway, time comes that we need to get her winter clothing out of the storage cage. So um, I'm realizing that maybe I don't remember the combination, but uh, we go down there anyway, and I, I hope muscle memory will kick in. Uh, it doesn't, so we're just trying to do the old-fashioned listening for the, the clicking noise. And that's not working. And we're doing a lot of WikiHow searches. And eventually, we decide that we're going to have to employ some good old-fashioned brute force strength. So we go and get the hammer from upstairs and start whacking at it. And Juliana, of course, doesn't like the way I'm hitting the lock. She thinks I should be doing it more strategically, whereas I think that enough force is eventually just going to break the lock. And it does. So I was right in the end. Um, but either way, I think the moral of the story that she wants me to get across is that <laughs> men are stubborn and hard-headed mm-hmm. and just big, aggressive apes. And <laughs> yeah. That's not quite it, but thank you for sharing. It was going off of the theme of men are dumb. Great story. But yeah, it was kind of, it was just entertaining. It was just a Ryan thing to do. So Anyways, okay, so Ryan, um, what's your favorite holiday tradition? So I don't have a favorite with Juliana yet because we've only spent one Christmas together and she's abandoning me to go up to Connecticut this Christmas. (laughs) But at home with my family, I guess our favorite tradition is, so we don't open any presents on Christmas Eve. We've never been a Christmas Eve family. Um, but in the morning on Christmas, obviously we do, but we, uh, we have coffee cake that my mom always makes. It's incredible. Uh, my dad makes a breakfast casserole and we've always, we've usually got a fire going unless it's one of these like 60 degree winter days that we've had lately. 
Um, and yeah, we just spend the whole morning opening presents, um, Christmas music usually playing. And yeah, that's probably my favorite, just the way that we do presents. You know, we don't like to do it on Christmas Eve because I feel like it kind of, I don't know, I just like the, the way it builds into Christmas morning. Yeah. Cool. So you're an outgoing person and you love to have an audience. Like I always call you a shock jock. Um, you love those zingers. So since we've been in quarantine for quite some time now, I'm wondering how have you been staying well during quarantine? So uh, I haven't been able to have an audience much because I have to social distance and, you know, we haven't been seeing anybody unless it's like really close family. Uh, so staying well, I'm, I'm a big runner. Juliana's rolling her eyes, but, um, uh, when was it? It was like fall of 2018. I started to get into running as like a, a real hobby and not just like something I did every couple of weeks. Uh, ran my first half marathon and marathon within that year, you know, 20, 2018 into 19. And I've been keeping up with it for the most part, you know, during quarantine, it's been helping me stay in shape and, not lose my mind being cooped up inside. And then obviously reading is another big one too. I've been able to get a lot of reading done during quarantine, you know, during these kind of off months where we're in work and out of work, you know, only in the office part-time. So yeah, just been keeping busy in all the ways that I can. Do you want to talk about Smuck? I was actually just going to say that when you pulled the microphone away. Uh, he is definitely been a blessing during this time. It's nice to have another companion in the apartment. Um, he is definitely a low maintenance dog. He sleeps most of the day, but it's still nice having him around because he's such a sweetheart. Uh, he really is the sweetest dog, you know, in terms of temperament. He would never bark at anyone or growl or bite anybody. He's very, very calm, very mellow. And I'm looking at him right now. He's nestled into the couch yeah, we'll make some Christmas traditions. But yeah, we're very thankful to, for uh, Smuckers and for uh, Homeward Trails in Fairfax, Virginia, for giving him to us. <laughs> yes, very grateful. So Smuckers, we got him during quarantine. All right, so Ryan, we live in an apartment together, and we both love shopping secondhand. And one of your favorite things to do is antiquing in addition to going to bookstores. So I'm wondering, when did you first get into antiquing? I want to say it was the summer of 2015. Wow. Um, that might be wrong. But either way, I remember I started going to a lot of antique stores around where I lived. Um, there's one called Fox Den Antiques in Warrington, Virginia. There's another one called the the Treasure Box Thrift Store. It's like a combination thrift store antique store, which is right next to Fox Den. Um, there's actually a, a giant antique mall in Williamsburg, pretty close to where I went to school. Um, I visited that a couple times as well and just started kind of buying stuff that looked neat without doing any research into whether it was worth buying or, you know, whether it was a... a a truly collectible item or whether I was just buying junk. Um, and it wasn't until I guess now this year, maybe a little bit earlier that I started, you know, doing research or kind of learning about what antiques were good or just not buying on a whim, maybe figuring out 
is there a point to why I'm buying this, you know, antique beer stein or alarm clock, or am I just buying more junk to put on my bookshelf? So lately I've been focusing a lot more on buying antique prints because, you know, that's more practical, you know, putting up art in your apartment to make it more homey rather than filling up the limited space that you have on your bookshelf or your nightstand or dresser, things like that. Cool. Yeah. So when was August? I mean, summer 2015. Was that when you were in high school? Oh, no, that was college. Yeah, college. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, And then we also – I didn't realize that you got more into it this year, like this past year. You research antiques? See, I didn't know this. I I guess I don't really research them. I'm just more conscious of what I buy. You know, I don't just see something cool and say I have to have it. I like – you know, make a conscious effort to think where I can see myself putting this or what I see myself doing with this item. So like, you know, you were with me recently, I bought a butter dish, you know, that's practical, right? Because that goes in the kitchen and you put butter in it. Or, you know, you bought a cookie jar recently, you know, things like that, that, you know, that go in the kitchen and have a use other than just sitting on a shelf collecting dust. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to bring up the butter dish because that's something that, yeah, you, I know you put a lot of thought into. And it's a pretty cool butter dish. It's a McCoy pottery piece, right? That's what it's called? Yeah. McCoy. Um, the woman at the checkout counter was like, oh, this is a great thing that people give their – leave in their will to their grandkids and their grandkids don't want it. But I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so then what are some of your favorite antique finds? So, again, the butter dish. Um, one, because it's just – cool little butter dish and also because it's McCoy which I just learned is like good pottery Um, and it's apparently where the phrase the real McCoy comes from so if something is the real McCoy it's like the real deal or the official thing Um, I have a corn so we have an art wall in our apartment where we put all of our frames up all of our prints and there's a corner of it where I have a lot of prints relating to Colonial Williamsburg And I really enjoy finding those in antique stores because for some reason they're always sold pretty cheap and they always have been in really good condition. So I have a lot of antique um, prints of, uh, you know, buildings in Colonial Williamsburg, like the Wren building. Um, Those of you who are College of William & Mary alumni will know what this is. Uh, I have the, the Capitol building. I have the Rally Tavern. And then one that doesn't really fit the Williamsburg theme but I just remember that I had is a picture of the USS Constitution in port in Boston, which Juliana actually found for me at a Goodwill store here in Arlington. Um, Sometimes I find books at antique stores too. Like I found a copy of uh, Truman Capote's In Cold Blood. Um, I can't remember exactly where that was, but it's in very good condition and it's got a plastic slip cover on it. So it's going to stay well-preserved for a long time. Um, Yeah, I could go on and on about the kind of antique stuff that I found, but those are some of the big ones. Nice. Yeah. I feel like more recently you've collected quite a bit because we've gone to several places. Um, Okay. So then I just thinking about this, what is your favorite antique store, one of your favorites that you've been to? Definitely the Williamsburg one, uh, the Williamsburg Antique Mall in Williamsburg, Virginia, just because there's so much to explore. They have... 
I think they have aisles, you know, ranging from A to Z. Like each aisle is labeled with letter of the alphabet and they have A all the way to Z, but I could be misremembering it. Either way, there's uh, plenty for everyone. I guarantee even if you're not an antique person, you'll find something that would look good in your home or your apartment or, you know, as a gift for someone else because it's not all a bunch of rusty old tea kettles and things like that. I mean, there's... They've got sections where you can get like kind of vintage looking signs like pumpkin patch this way, uh, Christmas trees sold here, just stuff, you know, home decor stuff that looks good on a door or, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah. Okay. So this next set of questions is about your confidence. So you're a very confident person and very self-assured, which I admire. I'm just wondering have you always been so confident? Like, where does this confidence come from? Uh, I don't know where it comes from necessarily, but I think I've, I've always been just kind of, I don't know, is devil may care the right phrase to use? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just going to use that. It sound it's like an older person phrase, but it sounds appropriate. Um, I don't know. I've just kind of been like kind of goofy, silly, zany, as Juliana would put it. And I kind of feel like you can have more fun in life if you're not concerned so much with your appearance and whatnot. Not that I don't, that I'm not a slob or well put together or anything, but I just don't focus as much on clothing and things like that. And I know it's just, like I said, it's more fun that way. You can be more easygoing. I feel like if you're not worried about others' opinions about you, puts less stress on you, I guess, when you're not, you know, beating yourself up over your parents and things like that. Definitely. And it seems like you're very confident in your taste too. Like you like something and you don't care what others think of it because it makes you happy. Yeah. Like I, I get a lot of shit from Juliana and, you know, friends and family about the kind of books that I read because mm-hmm. they're the books that No, old men read, no one else reads, you know, haven't been reviewed at all except by me. Uh, Don't even have a picture, (laughs) you know, for their Goodreads entry because they're so obscure. Um, But, you know, it's the kind of stuff I enjoy. So it's the stuff that I read. Well, I can understand what you mean about life is more enjoyable because you do and like you don't care if you do something stupid in a store and everyone sees you. Uh, yeah, even though I just turned 26 years old, I still have no problem, you know, hiding people's shopping carts in stores. So yeah, even though I'm almost 30 years, well, not almost, but I'm on my way to 30 years old, I still have fun doing stuff that 12-year-old boys would have fun doing in supermarkets and department stores and things like that. So I know that you don't drink and you never drink and you really never planned to. And that's kind of something that I also think can be tied to your confidence. Like you don't care because you made the decision and you have no interest in it. Um, But I would say by that same, on that same topic, like you're not judgmental towards those who do drink. How was that in college when you had the pressures of drinking and drinking to have fun when that was something that you didn't want to do? Um, it was fine. You know, obviously I, my Saturdays, my Fridays and Saturdays were a little different from other people's. Um, you know, I wasn't going to as many 
frat parties um, and the ones that I did go to, you know, it, I guess it wasn't my element, so to speak, but, you know, I found a way to kind of fill that void. Not that it was a void, you know, I yeah. didn't feel like I was missing anything, but I uh, joined this student organization called Steer Clear, which provided rides to, um, you didn't have to be intoxicated to get a ride, but it was mostly, you know, people that had been drinking and wanted to get home safely, whether on or off campus. Um, and yeah, they would call us up and we would come pick them up in a van and drive them home. So uh, I didn't find myself missing the parties that much because I was usually working on the weekends. So I stopped noticing it, I guess. Yeah. And also you don't really want to be friends with someone who doesn't let you live your life and do what you want to do. So um, can you do your drunk guy impression? Do you want drunk guy and girl or just guy? Uh, you can do guy. Both. Okay. So the drunk guy, and I get all the all of these impersonations come from my experiences in Steer Clear. So it's kind of going to be geared toward that. But frat bros, and- frat bros, track girls, but um, so the guys will always be like, I just want to say like, steer clear, you guys, you guys are my my heroes. I just want to, you're like my bro. Like I know I don't know you, but like, you guys are just the best. Like, actually, can you do me a favor? Can we go back to the house pick up one more bro? I'm sorry. No, he was like, he's being a total douchebag. I know, like a total party foul, but like, can you just turn around the van and go pick him up? I promise the last guy will pick up and then, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're coming to get you, man. Just be outside. Yeah, could you guys do that? You guys would be awesome. Uh, really appreciate it, man. Hey, what did you say your name was? Oh, awesome. No, thanks, bro. I really appreciate it. And then the drunk girl is, you know, it's pretty much the same, but it's like, Sir Claire, you guys are like my heroes. You guys should be paying like a million dollars for this. Like, I literally love you. Like, you guys, like, I don't know. It's just like we call and you show up, and it's like, thank you so much, dear Claire. Like, you guys are little heroes. Like, I do you guys get paid for this? Because, like, you definitely should. Like, I, I literally love you. I mean, I feel like people don't appreciate you guys enough, but like I totally do. Like you are the absolute best. So thank you, Steer Claire. Thank you for that performance. Um, did you want to do any other impressions while we were at it? <laughs> you really put me on the spot with that one. Uh, not really. <laughs> uh, put you on the spot with the drunk people. One? Yeah, well, yeah. just with the impressions in general. If anyone wants to leave any comments uh, on swipe the. Up. Yeah, swipe up, whatever, and I can take special requests. But other than that, I think I'll wrap it up in the impressions. Okay, so Ryan, what are your goals for the future? Pretty broad, but interpret however you would like. Wow, goals for the future. Um, run another marathon. I don't know if I ever want to do an ultra marathon. No, that's not true. I do want to do one. I don't know when it would be. That's how I should phrase it. Uh, I'd like to write. Again, I'd like to eventually get a full book out someday. Um, travel more. I've never been outside of the United States. I just took my first plane ride in August of 2019 when I went to Los Angeles. So I've got a lot of traveling to do. I've never been to the West Coast except for Los Angeles. Um, I've only visited like a handful of states in the U.S. So 
yeah, got a lot to do. Want to do some more hiking, especially like visit mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, there's so many national parks to visit in the United States. So I want to take advantage of those. Our last question is where can people find you or follow you and also support general causes that you believe in? So I'm not so full of myself that I'm going to plug my personal Instagram, but if you want to follow me, He my, is full of himself though. Don't worry. My, uh, my reading Instagram. I think it's Ryan's Reads. There might be an underscore in there. Oh, I'm being asked to pull it up. It is, just give me one second. Ryan's, R-Y-A-N-S underscore Reads. Like, read a book. Yeah, if you uh, if you feel so inclined to follow that account. Um, and then for getting to support causes I believe in, um, Donate to your local food bank, whether it's food or just money, because, um, you know, they depend, at least the Arlington Food Bank depends on, you know, donations that people make so they can buy mm-hmm. groceries or use the groceries that people donate to give out to people. Um, tip well at restaurants. Yeah, that's a big one, especially, I mean, I've always, you know, made tipping a point, like if you're going to go out to eat, make sure you tip your server because, you know, they're providing a service to you. But especially now that they're being asked to work, you know, even in these conditions, especially like people come in not wearing masks and whatnot, like they they need that money. They're not being paid a living wage. So you got to tip your servers well. Since the government's not taking care of us right now, we just we have to take care of one another. So if you see a person in need or you hear about a person in need, like reach out and help if you can, whether it's with material things or just pointing them in the right direction of services and organizations that can help them yeah it's big but uh i think that's all i have to say and i will close it out by saying well i know juliana does the official close out but i'm honored to finally be asked to come on that's my truth podcast i had a lot of fun talking to juliana and i probably won't listen to myself nope i am gonna listen to myself (laughs) um and i hope you do as well and uh yeah Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, Juliana. Thanks, Ryan, for joining. Um, Ryan has probably been my most requested guest. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Ryan. Um, I wonder if he'll make some guest appearances in the near future but i hope you enjoyed it like i said make sure to follow him on instagram at ryan's reads or ryan reads and all of the books and bookstores and really things that he mentioned can be found in the show notes so be sure to check those out i also wanted to plug that on the that's my truth podcast instagram if you don't follow us um please do it's that's my truth podcast Um, I have added a link tree and the link tree includes various links to different things like my personal Instagram, which you can find at Sweets and Sights, um, as well as Apple Podcast Review if you are feeling inclined to leave a podcast review. And I also actually, since so many of the guests that have been on the podcast have shared book recommendations, I started a bookshop.org dashboard where, and you can access this through the link tree. Um, where you can click on a list of podcast guest recommendations and it includes the link to buy the book to support a local an indie bookstore and it also will include information about who recommended it so 
I hope you like it and check it out. We also have an email at that's my truth podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out over email or Instagram if you have feedback, ideas, feeling inspired by anything. Um, I just want to say that I really appreciate all the support so far, especially from my friends and family um, who have really been so supportive. My mom and my sister always listen. I have some great friends who always listen and it's really kind and supportive. So I appreciate you and thanks for tuning in always. We will see you next week on the That's My Truth podcast. Take care.